On Monday, Iowa held their caucuses, and it turned out to be an absolute disaster. We still don't know what happened. Trump holds his State of the Union, and some Democrats are having a temper tantrum. Okay, most Democrats. Okay, all of them are. Let's call it what it is. President Trump gets acquitted in the Senate, ending the impeachment sham, or at least until the next next impeachment sham. Uh, President Trump had a pretty damn good week. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Trump had a great week this week, and uh, I, I he just keeps winning and winning and winning and winning. It's pretty awesome. So, but Trump usually when he wins, it's because he did something awesome. This time he's winning because well. The Democrats have really screwed up, and they're really making him look so much better. So the DNC absolutely blows it in Iowa, the first caucus of the election year, and it was pretty bad. The process is really weird, and it really gets confusing. Essentially, what these people do is they all meet in a gym. They're about, I think it was something like 200 different sites. They all meet in the gym. They all have, the, the Democrats all have to be there at a certain time. The doors are shut. And then what happens is they go to certain corners of the gym. So if let's just say uh, Bernie supporters go to the northwest corner of the gym, um, uh, Warren supporters go to the southeast corner of the gym, and, and that kind of thing. And to be considered viable in this and actually get um, legislatures, actually get votes, and the, Iowa has 14 of them, you have to have at least 14%. And if you are in the top two or three, sometimes it's three, you're considered a victory. So right off the bat, you can say this is pretty confusing. The Democrats the DNC actually made it worse. And they basically said, well, in the middle of it, you can sit there and pull yourself away from a non-viable candidate. For example, if Andrew Yang has three voters, those voters halfway through can say, listen, you can stick with them or you can go to one of the others that are viable candidates. If you watched it on, if you did watch the caucus, and this was the first caucus I've seen, it looks ridiculous. It really looks ridiculous. Just absolutely stupid. So this this was pretty bizarre. It, it was pretty bizarre. Well, there were a couple of problems. Um, the DNC actually released a new phone app. And this phone app, I'm probably going to have to wait on this phone app a little bit because right now there's a conspiracy out there the DNC does not like Bernie Sanders. If Bernie Sanders win the wins the nomination, Bernie Sanders is not going to be president. Trump will trounce him. And everybody knows about it. Okay? Everybody knows about it. So the DNC wants to get someone like Biden or Buttigieg or Klobuchar, even Warren, who will get... And by the way, I can't think of any of these candidates who's gonna, who are going to uh, bounce Trump. They're just... No way. They're all terrible. Uh, Biden can't... Biden's basically a corpse right now. He's just the walking dead. 
I mean, he's drooling all over, blah, 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 and you got to hope he doesn't bite you. The thing is, if he bites you, he's got those dentures, so it's not like it's going to really hurt because they're going to pull out before they... But it's looking really bad. Well, this app was actually made by a Hillary Clinton supporter. Um, so I'm not going to get into that yet because I don't know much about it. I'm not sure if it's true. And the kicker with that app too, the guy, Buttigieg actually knows the guy from the Clinton campaign. And this is where things get crazy. We'll get to that in a second. Buttigieg is actually being called a cheater here. But whatever. The app didn't work. So people were trying to do it electronically and they couldn't. So a lot of votes got missed. The other problem was the communications. The DNC were so overwhelmed because of the application error, the phone app error, that they couldn't answer the phone calls for caucus sites that actually did complete the caucus. So this is great. Uh, this was on CNN, and it was with Wolf Blitzer, and Wolf Blitzer got a hold of a caucus captain. And what a cop caucus captain does is he's responsible for getting all of the information. He's responsible for running that weird algorithm they have to figure out how many delegates these people get, and then he turns in the result. Well, because they were so screwed up, he got stuck on hold with the DNC, with the Iowa DNC, and couldn't get a hold of it and, and, and was waiting on hold to turn in the votes. Well, he's on line with uh, Wolf Blitzer, and it's just amazing. He waited for an hour to get hold of someone. Anyone at the DNC, Iowa DNC, office must know that they're, they're trying to, to get it. He tells Wolf, hey, I've got to answer this call. The gal answers. i got to answer this call. Ten seconds later, the gal hangs up on him. It's just, it's actually freaking hysterical. What are you hearing? I know you're listening to a conversation uh, from the Iowa uh, Democratic Party. Um, so, this is a real coincidence, Wolf. I just got off hold just now so i've got to get off the phone to report the results all right uh, go ahead and report your results. can we listen in as you report them sean yep all cool. right let's listen all right okay hi hello they hung up on me <laughs> they hung up on me okay i've got to get back in line on hold oh. um they just hung up it's uh, so frustrating indeed uh sean uh we're going to stay in close touch with you sean sebastian from story county out in iowa what a crap show. It was an, <laughs> it was an absolute disaster. I absolutely love it. And the fact is, CNN was melting down at the fact that they had 62 people on their panel and absolutely no information to report. Because after three hours, they still did not have any results. Uh in fact, it's it was 24 hours before they released only 62% of the vote. Right now, as of right now, and today is Wednesday, they have still only released 81% of the vote. So here's, here's what it comes down to. Buttigieg is up 
uh, 26 point, I think it was 26.7. Sanders has 25 or 26.6. Sanders has 26.7. Warren is way down there. She's at about 17%. Biden is hovering around 16%. So those are the people that are actually considered viable. Uh, and then a little bit behind, and she's behind by like two or three points. She's about 12, uh, 12 between 12 and 14% is Minnesota uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar. Everyone else is completely irrelevant. I think one person's got 3% and everyone else is less than 0%, less than 1%. So they're all done. Uh, we can expect Tulsi Gabbard, Tom Steyer, probably just to go away. They're, they're done. Now, this is really bad. This this problem is really bad for the candidates. And it's really bad for two people, Buttigieg and Bernie. One of the reasons they wanted to win the first caucus is so they can make a huge victory speech and give themselves momentum as uh, they go as they're heading to New Hampshire literally the day after this whole thing was finished. And then they can go into New Hampshire and for the next week tout how they won Iowa and yay, here we go. No one really got to make that speech. Or did they? Yeah, of course they did. This is the Democratic Party. So expect idiocy when it comes to the Democratic Party. What ended up happening was they all ended up declaring themselves victors. Even sides that were not viable. And I take that back. Biden did not admit he was a victor. He did not. He knew he had lost. He didn't have enough uh, in Iowa to really make an impact. But this is absolutely hysterical. So listen to this, this um, timeline. So Amy Klobuchar decides that she's going to claim victory, that they had a great victory and that they had done the amazing, done the impossible. Now, mind you, there were no results released, so no one knew who won. And, of course, she didn't. She came in like fifth. So right off the bat, uh, she, well, only 81% of the vote's out still, so she's in fifth. Mayor Pete jumped in and said he actually won the caucus. Not that he did well in the caucus. He won the caucus. Now, this was bad for him for two reasons. The first, there were no results. So there's no way he could sit back and say that he actually won. The second reason is because the guy who invented the app was in his pocket. They know that Buttigieg had a relationship with the guy who actually designed, with the, designed the app that had failed. So Twitter was screaming left and right that Buttigieg knew he won because the app was fixed and he cheated. Now, I don't buy that. Maybe I do, but I, I'm not, I don't necessarily buy it. I don't think Buttigieg honestly has that kind of pull, but that's the argument. But here is the real, here is the real uh, scandal. Buttigieg is not liked by black people. He is not liked by black people. That's how it is. He has like zero... He, he's not like liked by black people in the city 
that he's mayor of. He has no. He has to do really well in Iowa. He has to do really well in New Hampshire uh, because he's going to get his butt kicked in places like South Carolina. Forget Georgia. He's done. So Mayor Pete decided, you know, I need to find some black people so they could sit back. So he grabbed a couple of his supporters who did not know him, who weren't sure they liked him, and pulled them away from the family so they could stand behind him during his victory speech. And this and this got out. <laughs> so it's just, I mean, it's so ridiculous. Bernie was Bernie. Bernie, he didn't claim victory, but he thought they did fine. And that's your Democratic nominee. He is... He is not going to panic about anything. He knew he did well. He did. He he so far is only he's less than a point away from Buttigieg, even though there's 19 percent. But he's not sure if he's going to win. He's not sure. The DNC doesn't like Bernie because of what I told you previously. Joe Biden and Elizabeth Warren were really funny because they did their victory speeches at the same time. Elizabeth Warren walked in and started screaming how she did really well. They they have momentum, blah, blah, blah. She ended up third. And again, she'd said this when there was no results. She had no idea where she was. Joe Biden knew he did not do well. And Joe Biden did not do well. He, he made it into the viable group. And to be a viable candidate, you have to have at least 15% of the vote. And he had 15.6. He still does at 81%. Um, but he didn't, well, didn't do well. And he basically said, okay, you know, hey, we got hit. We got nailed, blah, blah, blah. Where's my plane? Let's go to New Hampshire. Which, by the way, he had a bunch of, um, today on Wednesday, he had a bunch of uh, rallies today in New Hampshire and doesn't plan to have any tomorrow. The New Hampshire caucus is on Tuesday. Can't wait to see that one. But what was funny about, on CNN, what was funny about the Biden and Elizabeth Warren speeches, they had them at the same time. So CNN had them both up, split screen. And CNN was dying. They had no information to give. All they had were these stupid speeches by people. Who had, this was a crap show. And even CNN said, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. The big takeaway here is that you can't trust these people. The DNC screwed this up for a bunch of candidates who want to take away control of all aspects of your life. They, they can't even run a caucus, but they want to run your health care. They want to take away your guns. They want to do all of these things. That's kind of disturbing. That is, I take it back, that's not even, that's really disturbing. You can't run a caucus and you're going to tell me where I can get my, what doctor I can go to? It, it, it's absolutely terrible. But here's what's worse. There's a very good chance the DNC is cheating. They hate Bernie. Bernie was supposed to take Iowa. Biden was lucky he got fourth. He was looking at fifth. And somehow this app comes out who was made by a, uh, a minion of Hillary Clinton and Pete Buttigieg, and the app doesn't work. So Bernie has to sit there, shrug his shoulders, and say, well, I think we did well. He can't say he won. One thing with Bernie, he's stupid. He's old. 
he is worthless. He's done nothing in his life. He's done nothing in his 30 years as a politician, but he's honest. He's not going to sit there and say, I want it. He doesn't know. But the Dems are also in trouble here is because of the turnout. The turnout turned out to be the same levels, even a little less than the turnout in 2016, which was way lower than the turnout in 2012 and tremendously lower than 2008. In other words, they have no interest in any of these candidates. The Democrats just don't care. And they're just like, ugh. And what's going to get worse? If Bernie gets cheated out of this, or if Bernie doesn't get cheated out of this, if he just loses, the Bernie bros who already think there's a fix in, the Bernie bros will disappear. Here's the whole thing. Democratic candidates suck, and they're going to suck for a really long time. I can't think of one Democratic candidate who is actually going to be worth anything in the near future. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, you better believe I'll be watching New Hampshire. Probably not staying up all night for it, but I will definitely be watching it. So the next big story is the State of the Union speech, which happened on Tuesday. Uh, and again, this was kind of a weird timing because it is right between his impeachment acquittal and the disaster that was the um, disaster that was the Iowa caucus. Trump really could have hit this speech out of the stadium. And you know what he did? He did. And a lot, of, it, it honestly, it was a very good speech. There were a couple things I didn't like about the speech, and I'll, I'll tell you about those. But it was a really good speech. It was a speech that was meant to pull people in, and I'll tell you why. And it was a speech that was very much reality TV. I'll tell you why. And it was a speech that made the Democrats look really small. And they didn't need to look really small. And the person that really lost in that speech was Nancy Pelosi. She looked absolutely terrible. I even wonder, was did she have a steak dinner with a couple of glasses of Chardonnay? Because she did not look normal. There was something wrong with that whole thing. Now, as far as State of the Union addresses, I watch them because they're only about an hour. But And this one was about an hour and 15 minutes, but it, they're really boring. Now, everyone says that this is a constitutional uh, thing that a president has to do. That's not quite correct. Uh, it, it is in the Constitution that you need to uh, give a state of the union, but in the old days, it was based off a letter. So what would happen is the president would write a letter giving the state of the union, send it to Congress, and then Congress would uh, read the letter. I don't know who started it, but it, eventually it started that the president would show up to the State of the Union. Um, I, I, I don't like it because it is so partisan, and it's always partisan. So the Republicans show up because they have to, or the Democrats, depending on the president, if the, it's a Republican president, the Democrats show up because they have to, but they don't really want to, and everyone, and everyone claps half the it's just, it's a crap show. No one wants to watch that. Now, Trump had a very powerful speech. He did it exactly correctly. 
And right now, Trump's numbers are extremely high. He is at a 49% approval rate, and he's at about a 65% approval rate for the economy. And a ton of the people who approve of his economy are independents. With those numbers, he will landslide in, in November of 2020, or November. He will, it will be a landslide. And I truly believe the Gallup polls, if Trump can control himself, the Gallup polls will show that Trump actually hit it out of the park. He will be well over 50% next week or later on this week. Very good. So, and well, I, I'm not even sure that Trump was as good as the Democrats were really bad. And the only Democrat I think was really in there was Kirsten. Uh, Kirsten, uh, I can't know. I don't. Never mind. I'll, I'll have to look up her. I can't pronounce her last name. It's the bisexual Arizona senator. I thought she really. And of course, if you're in Arizona, you better be moderately conservative because it's not going to work out. So the first thing uh, Trump had his speech in a couple of different parts. The first thing he did is he uh, touted the accomplishments, his accomplishments, and I'm going to say his, even though he should be saying their or our accomplishments. And there were plenty of them. The economy. The economy is absolutely insane. Uh, he stressed that manufacturing is coming back. He stressed that uh, the Dow Jones is at record levels. Uh, today, it actually touched a record level. Is very close. It's averaging four or 500 points of growth. So the economy is fantastic. The jobless rate is going down like crazy. Jobless rate right now is at 3.5%, and it keeps going down. He also pointed out that jobless rate for blacks, Hispanics, women, and youth were all at record lows. And by the way, that's all correct. That's absolutely true. He, with that, he also said that salaries were up, that income was up. One of the things Obama used to say is people are working more, but they were working lesser hours and they weren't in their rates of pay were not going up. Under Trump, they have not only have hours gone up, I believe it was an average of, I think it was 30 to 34 hours, but their salaries actually went up. That's pretty awesome. Um, he said that a lot of that welfare and food stamp dependence has gone down by 50%. Whereas in every year of Obama's administration, it kept going up. And of course you had these idiot, uh, Congress people, you know, the 28 year old Congress people who know nothing about anything sitting back and saying, well, some people depend on it. Well, the idea is with welfare and food stamps is you don't depend on it forever. You eventually get a job and you become independent of the government. See, that's the one thing with Dems. They want you dependent on the government. And you should be thrilled to be on your own. And with that, Trump pointed out, suicide rates... And the average lifespan in the United States for the first time in about 10 years has gone up. People are not killing themselves through drugs or suicide or depression or anything like that. 
because they're beginning to feel like, okay, things are not that bad. That's a great thing. This was the first year that actually happened. Um, illegal immigration is way down. This time last year, you had 140,000 illegal immigrants in entering the com- country. Last month, 34,000 entered the company, uh, country. And the reason that's happening is Trump is dealing with Mexico. Trump is winning in the courts. So somebody who crosses the border is sent right back. And then Mexico doesn't want him there. They send them right back to Guatemala, Honduras, or El Salvador. It's suddenly, get this, illegal to be an illegal alien. The wall, he touted the wall. There are 300 or 200 miles of wall, which I honestly think is not a lot of wall, considering there's like 2,400 miles, and probably a good 1,200 of it needs a wall. But uh, at least it's growing, and there'll be 500 miles of wall by the time he's finished. He killed three major terrorists. You may not have heard this last week, but he actually killed another terrorist. I don't know who it is. That's why I can't say much. But he killed al-Baghdadi. He killed Soleimani. These are huge terrorists. He actually had someone in the audience who was killed by one of Soleimani's attacks. And no one stood, by the way, in the Democratic side. Criminal reform. Everyone forgets about criminal reform. He did criminal reform. And what's ironic is, and this was the one time that he actually reached out to the Democrats. Hey, not only did I do criminal reform, you guys did criminal reform. So that was pretty awesome. Uh, The USMCA and the China trade agreements were passed. China is choking on the trade war. China is giving and they can't help it, especially with that coronavirus. Now they're, they're suffering more because they don't have the tourism they once had. And respect from countries who are warring like Iran and North Korea. Remember World War Three that lasted exactly 18 hours? Yeah, these countries now fear us. And finally... Why do they fear us? The military has been rebuilt, it's been strengthened, and it is incredibly powerful. Now, this is where Trump kind of pushed people away. And not not a bad thing, because he did it on purpose. He was actually cutting down on the Democrats. So, the Space Force. It's what he was... I'm sorry. It's what he was going to do in the future and what he wanted Congress to help him with. Space Force was the first one. And this was one of the more emotional parts. He brought a little boy up there and the little boy wanted to be an astronaut because he wanted to look down on the world. It was great. But what was especially great was the Tsigi Air airmen from World War II. And if you don't know what a Tsigi airman is, it's an individual who was black, segregated even in war during World War II, 
and he used to fly with other black pilots performing missions. And this guy performed over 140 missions. Unfortunately, I, I don't know his name. I, I never caught his name. But this Tsugi Airman was there. He was 100 years old. And he was wearing his full Air Force uniform. And not the old Air Force uniforms they used to wear. A modern Air Force uniform. And what President Trump did, he awarded him, he promoted him to Brigadier General. One-star Brigadier General. And before the State of the Union address, he actually pinned the stars on him. The second topic was school choice. And I'm probably going to combine some things here because I, I, I'm looking at my show notes and there's more here. School choice, he brought a little girl. He believes in these um, schools, these non-public schools. They don't get anything. They can take them. Uh, charter schools. He believes in these things. I believe in these things. I think public schools suck. Um and he believes in school choice. Of course, this is going to piss off the union. So what does he do? He has a person up there. God, he is brilliant. And this whole thing was brilliant. He has a little girl up there with his single, with her, her mother, who's single. She's a single parent. And he says, you know, school choice. Oh, it's so terrible. We need to make a federally approved school choice option. And he wanted to spend about, I, I think it's, not much, fifty million maybe. I don't think it was five hundred million to get fifty extra, uh, to get five million extra kids into the schools that they chose. And and this little girl, she's a black girl. They're black, um, very cute. The whole thing, and no one stands except the Republicans for a black kid. And we're all racist, so I'm not exactly sure. What that whole thing's about. And then Trump announces, hey, you've been accepted into a school. You're going to the school of your choice, a charter school. Of course, we already know why the Democrats can't stand for that. They they are in love with the unions. Uh, the other thing he is pushing is no hidden health care fees. He's already gotten part of that bill passed. I'm a little mixed on this, and basically what this says is that you go to a doctor, you get treatment done, and then they send you bills for something you didn't know was happening. I'm mixed on this because I, my father's a doctor, not a, he's a doctor, and he says, no, it's impossible, and this is why. So it kind of makes sense. This is the Democrat and Trump coming out, but I mean, at least he's doing something. Drug education, which is going to be led by uh, Ivanka, uh, Melania. Uh, drug education is basically get these kids off drugs. Get these kids to know what this stuff is. And you got to remember, when we had the drug, drug epidemic, we really did not know what Oxycontin was, Oxycodone was. We really didn't know that that stuff was heroin in a pill. That was hidden to us, hidden from us by Purdue Pharma. So this is a good thing, um, but we need to make sure it's drug education and not a drug war. The easiest way to prevent um, drug problems is so that people know what drugs do. And, and they don't even start. 
For example, I never tried heroin because I already knew what it did. Uh, most people, they try it, they don't know what it does. It's just a drug, big deal. They drink alcohol, big deal. And I know that from experience with people in my life. So that's a good thing. We need to end illegal immigration. We need to keep building that wall. Trump has already, I think this is a Trump victory. I think illegal immigration, he's really taken care of. And and it's not just the United States saying, you know, no, 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 no. It's Mexico saying the same thing to El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras. So I think this is a great thing. Calls for more cancer research and a vow to end the AIDS, end AIDS by the end of the decade. This is so Kennedy-esque. I love it. Now, the cancer research, cancer is such a messed up disease. It's really hard to end cancer. But AIDS, this is like, we're going to land on the moon by the end of the decade. Because that's what Kennedy said. Uh, yet, uh, Kennedy said, we're going to land on the moon by the end of the decade. And Trump is saying, we're going to end AIDS by the end of the decade. This is such an intersectional statement because you've got gays and trans and all sorts of people. This is an awesome statement to bring up. And AIDS, I don't think we're that far from actually figuring out. Uh, we're going to get into the cancer thing because that, that's coming in the next section. Develop an extended family leave bill for both men and women for both men and women uh, during pregnancies. Not a fan of this. I'm thinking, you know, I was a man. I had four kids. I worked all the way, and she got minimal time off. Um, but, yeah, okay. If that's what you want to do, the only question I have is who's going to pay for it. But the Democrats seem to like it. Extended funding for child care so less children have to be on waiting lists. Again, not a fan. And the reason is I think the mother should stay home sometimes. I think our economy forces women to be in the workplace. When did it become so bad? And this is my problem with the family leave bill. When did it become so bad that women stayed home and men earn their keep. How about this? Um, we set the economy up so that you can make enough money that the man works and the woman actually stays home and takes care of the kids. I think there's a double-edged sword when it comes to child care. I, I really do. I think you've got someone else raising your kid. I, I like the idea that it gives... Uh, a family's the ability to say, okay, take care of the kid while we work and it's quality. I I'm just not sure about it because first off, the government takes care of the health, child care, which has never been a good thing. And I, I just want kids to be taken care of the family, not by child care. So he had some, Trump really showed that he has some real reality TV and showbiz persona with his guests and some surprises. So he had Rush Limbaugh. Now, I, I was going to include some things, and I'm not really happy about it. And, I, and 
to be truthful, I I listened to Rush Limba, Limbaugh for a long time. I was never really a fan. Uh, I, I love his... He was a little bit too right for me. And I, I liked... I, I liked his intelligence and things like that, but he, I was never a huge fan. Rush Limbaugh on Monday, out of the blue, said he had stage four advanced cancer. And so Donald Trump invited him to the State of the Union and at the State of the Union awarded him the Medal of Freedom. And it was an awesome sight. Uh, Rush Limbaugh, Limbaugh is bl- deaf. He can't hear a thing. He didn't know what Trump was saying when he was, you know, talking good about him. And Rush Limbaugh has been one of those guys that is kind of to himself. He's arrogant in what he believes, but he's not arrogant, not self-centered. And so it was a really nice, he was crying, and it was it was a really moving thing. <coughs> he brought in President Guaido of Venezuela. <coughs> Venezuela is right now run by the socialist dictator uh, Maduro. Uh, Guaido has been fighting the Maduro regime. President Trump said, come to the United States. And this was awesome because his point here was socialism sucks. Communism sucks. Dictatorship sucks. And I brought the president to tell you the people are suffering. And he did the same thing. The United States will never be a socialist state. Talk about awesome segues. Here is Guaido, sufferer in Venezuela, the true president of Venezuela, but the dictator won't allow. No. Um, he had one of the remaining Tuscanian airmen who he, he promoted to the general. I brought this up. I thought it was a great story. This man was 100 years old. He had his great-grandkid have the honor to watch him pin Brigadier General Stars onto a new uniform with all his, with all his medals. This was absolutely awesome. It was really moving. And literally, there are like three Tuscany airmen left. And the Tuscany airmen, if you didn't hear me 10 minutes ago, were a black Air Force crew that used to attack Japan. This guy went through over 140 missions. It was, I even was touched by it. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. He reunited a soldier who had had four tours in Iraq or Afghanistan, one of the two, or both, with his family. A family he had not seen in six months. And the Democrats couldn't stand up. Talk about looking really bad. He announced a scholarship. Oh, I told you about that one. Now, there are a couple things I didn't like about the speech. If you listen to smarter people than I am, they will tell you that, oh, the speech was fantastic and it was great. It was a great speech. Don't get me wrong. But he did have some issues that I didn't like. And maybe there are ticks in me. I don't know. Uh, He uses me, my, and I a lot. And it seems like he's self-aggrandizing. I think he needs to be a little more selfless. 
he needs to be a little, he needs to separate himself a little bit. And he just has a real hard time doing that. And that kind of bothers me. And I think it bothers some, it bothers a lot of women. Use terms like we, our, and us. These are much more powerful pronouns. Because the reality is he didn't do everything by himself. Congress was there for a lot of that. His staff was there for a lot of that. Not my administration, our administration. It's it's a pet peeve of mine. I just don't care for it. Um, this was a come-together speech in the beginning, but it didn't acknowledge the Democrats enough that they realized that we are really together. It was a come-together speech for Americans. Now, I don't blame him for this. I really don't, because Democrats have treated him like garbage forever. And I think he's going to use Americans against the Democrats. But if he really wanted, I thought maybe he should have brought in the Democrats a bit. USMCA, the China trade agreement, Democrats were involved there. The and He did this with the, um, with the uh, uh, prison bills, but I mean, a little bit more. Um, and here's the, the big thing. He should have shook Nancy Pelosi's hand. Now, in the beginning. Now, we got to be careful with this one. We got to be careful with this one because I'm not so sure President Trump knew she actually put out her hand. Looking at it, when he handed the, in the beginning, he handed the speech to both Mike Pence and Nancy Pelosi. He handed it to Mike Pence first. He never shook Mike Pence's hand. And his eyes were kind of down. And then when he handed, he said something to Nancy Pelosi. And he was turning. Nancy Pelosi put her hand out. And he, I, I'm not so sure he ever saw it. So I don't want to get all Zerbruder film on this whole thing. Conspiracy and stuff. Let's. I'm going to give him a break because I like President Trump. Uh, that's a conscious, unconscious bias. I'll admit it. Well, is it a con- unconscious bias or is it a conscious bias? Because, yeah, I'm going to go with that. But I wish he would have shook her hand. And if he didn't, I thought it was a bad idea. But here's the whole thing. I don't blame him for it. He has not talked to Nancy Pelosi since October of 2019. They hate each other. All this crap about how... He, she loves him and she prays for him. It's crap. Let's call it what it is. It's just crap. And he knows it. She knows it. And he doesn't care about her. And she's been trying to impeach him for the last two years. So let's call it what it is. And she's kind of a coward because she let her left wing base run her. So he doesn't care about her. And she's a, she is a third-rate politician, which is what pissed her off and why she wouldn't talk to him. So you know something? Nancy needs to reach out a little bit. So those are the things I didn't like. But outside of that, it was a perfect speech. It was a great speech. It was the best speech he ever made. And arguably, it compared with the Reagan speeches. 
It was a fantastic State of the Union. He looked great. Democrats looked terrible. Oh, it was really great. Now, the Democrats acted like, well, you know, I, I don't know, the Democrats, they were terrible. Uh, and I got news for you. I want you to remember this. The mask came off. And Trump's approval rating probably went from 49 to 50% until... Everyone saw how the Democrats leave. Don't be surprised if Trump's approval rating goes between 53 and 56% after this whole mess. So let's go over. So a bunch of Democrats didn't show up, including AOC. I don't think that's a bad thing. I think the Democrats that showed up looked really bad. I think AOC, she's, she's dumb. She can't talk well. But I think AOC made a smart move. She didn't go to the State of the Union because she knew this was going to be bad. I mean, the fact you do not stand for one of the last three Tsigi airmen who Donald Trump made into a general, the last one of the last black fighter pilots in World War II. This guy who loved America so much, even though we were completely segregated and racist at that time. This guy who loved America that much. You couldn't stand for him. You couldn't stand for the little girl who wanted a good education, who was black. And cheer that she was getting her dreams. Disgusting. Democrats looked really Bad. Anyone who was there looked bad. Especially those that walked out, like Rashida Tlaib, screaming that she had to leave because they mentioned Brett Kavanaugh. She actually said the word triggered. Oh my Lord, what are you, in high school? Get over it. The Democrats did not applaud for anything, including unemployment being at record lows for all races. That includes blacks, Hispanics, Asians, women, uh, uh, the handicap, veterans, um, there's something else. Oh, youth, youth. Trump even brought up something that a 22-year-old was making good money and he was able to buy a house. Now, maybe that guy was from Harvard and he's a lawyer. I don't know. But the thing is, they couldn't clap for that. They couldn't clap for three dead terrorists that Trump the supporting supported the killing of, even though there was a guy in the audience whose brother, or maybe it was a woman whose husband or whatever, was killed by Soleimani? They couldn't clap for that. They are defending terrorists. They couldn't clap when Trump said that our country was exceptional. It was perf. It was a. It's a great country. It's the best country we've ever been. We did have our faults in the past, but we've always worked to correct our faults. They could not clap for that. Our country is not special. And by the way, this is the party who supported the New York Times 1619 project, where this country was built on racism and slavery. Oh, my Lord. 
Tlaib and Omar were on their phones tweeting during the speech, which, by the way, is against the House rules. You're not supposed to be doing that. And it was caught on film. What are we, in high school? We're still in high school? Sometime in the middle of the speech, and I didn't see this because I kind of was losing, I, I was thinking I was nodding off or I was talking to someone on the phone, stood up <coughs> in the middle of his speech, raised their hands and started chanting something. And President Trump, I don't know what they said. I have no idea what they said. Matter of fact, uh, Dave from the Dave Rule, which I've horribly violated, was the one who told me. They, he was like, did you hear that? No. <sighs> This is high school resistance crap that has never worked, isn't working. President Trump's approval rating is at 49%. Don't be shocked if by next week it's at 56% if Trump can shut up. The Democratic Party? Bad, but the worst Democrat of all was Nancy Pelosi. Yes, Trump didn't shake her hand, but you know something? She should kind of understand why he didn't shake her hand. It's stupid. He's, he, just because he should be beyond anything doesn't mean that he is beyond anything. He's going to be upset. He's going to be pissed off. He is President Trump. So he wears his, he wears his emotions on his sleeve. She never stood up, even for things that she should have stood up, like the Tuskegee uh, Air, Airmen. Now, Nancy Pelosi did seem to catch it later on that, okay, this is a bad look. Nancy Pelosi's a good politician. She's not a smart politician. She's just a good politician. And she began to stand up, albeit slower than anybody else. But she did not want to acknowledge any of it. And you can see by clapping patterns, she was doing it out of politics. She had to do it. She was making faces the entire time. Half the time, she looked like she was talking to herself. She would read something, and that was the other thing. She was reading to herself the entire time. She would read something, and then she would just start rolling her eyes and start talking to herself and the whole thing. Now, maybe she wasn't doing it. Maybe her dentures were coming loose and wiggling around in there and she was just trying to get them back into place. But because, you know, she has to clench to keep those dentures in. For some reason, denture cream or whatever, Expedent or whatever the heck these people use, it apparently doesn't work with her because they seem to be flopping all over the place. But one thing that was really opposite, she kept communicating with everybody on her side of the aisle. And it was annoying. You actually saw it. You're like, what is she doing? She would point to people. She would look at someone. She would even mouth words. I, I'm watching Fox News right now, and you can see she's actually doing that. At the end of his speech, at the end of the speech, probably the worst thing she could have ever done. By the way, I forgot. In the beginning, she just said, basically, here's Donald Trump. Here's the Mr. President. Here he is. Whereas they're supposed to say something official, and she didn't bother doing it. She said, 
okay, uh, I present to you Donald Trump. And that was it. That was it. It was, I didn't notice it. I thought, okay, whatever. But so, a couple of people who are more into the et- etiquette of presenting the president pointed out that this was bad. I didn't think it was that bad. I didn't think it was that bad because I didn't bother even bringing it up. But at the end of the speech, after Trump had finished, everyone is standing. Nancy Pelosi stood up, took her speech, stood up nice and tall, took her speech, put her arm, took a part of the speech, written speech, raised her arms at shoulder level and tore the speech and put it down. Then picked up another part of the speech, pointed it at a certain group, again, shoulder level, tore the speech and did this for, she tore the speech four different times, probably because she's got weak arms. Then dumped it right next to the gavel so the president, if he decided to turn around, which he didn't, would see it and then walked out. Mike Pence, quality guy, didn't even bother. He just smiled and and watched everyone walk away. And that was it. Done. This is the Democratic Party. Small, petty, mean, disrespectful, and, looking at Iowa, incompetent. And these are the people that want to run the world. They want to nationalize all our um, all our institutions, nationalize our business, nationalize our health care. All this time, they've been talking about Donald Trump was all of those things. Well, the mask is off. We now saw at this week, and probably in the last month, we've seen what the Democrats are about. Not only did they not give, not only did Donald Trump give a powerful speech, the Democrats made him look better by their behavior. He doesn't look like the child anymore. Now, if Trump could just shut up and stop tweeting and keep doing what he's doing, like speeches like he had, he will run away with the 2020 election. It will be absolutely over. And I am finished. We're going to have to talk about (laughs) Trump's acquittal tomorrow because I'm at 54 minutes. I got really excited and I can't do it tonight. But anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can uh, download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. You can look at the uh, videos, any graphics that I have, or uh, links that I have. At my show notes at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Please subscribe, like, and comment. I will respond. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Mm-hmm.